Chapter Three of the New Army in Training. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The New Army in Training by Rudyard Kipling. Chapter Three: Guns and Supply. Under all and after all, the wheel carries everything. Proverb. One had known the place for years as a picturesque old house, standing in a peaceful park, had watched the growth of certain young oaks along a new laid avenue, and applauded the owner's enterprise in turning a stretch of pasture to plough. There are scores of such estates in England which the motorist, though passing so often, comes to look upon almost as his own. In a single day the bracken turf between the oaks and the iron road fence blossomed into tents, and the drives were all cut up with hoofs and wheels. A little later one's car sweeping home of warm September nights was stopped by sentries, who asked her name and business, for the owner of that retired house and discreetly wooded park had gone elsewhere in haste, and his estate was taken over by the military. Later still one met men and horses arguing with each other for miles about that countryside, or the car would be flung on her brakes by artillery issuing from cross lanes, clean batteries jingling off to their work on the downs, and hungry ones coming back to meals. Every day brought the men and the horses and the weights behind them to a better understanding, till in a little while the car could pass a quarter of a mile of them without having to hoot more than once. "'Why are you so virtuous?' she asked of a section encountered at a blind and brambly corner. "'Why do you obtrude your personality less than an average tax-cart?' "'Because,' said a driver, his arm flung up to keep the untrimmed hedge from sweeping his cap off, "'because those are our blessed orders. We don't do it for love.' "'No one accuses the gunner of maudlin affection for anything except his beasts and his weapons. He hasn't the time.' He serves at least three jealous gods, his horse and all his salary and harness, his gun whose least detail of efficiency is more important than men's lives, and when these have been attended to, the never-ending mystery of his art commands him. It was a wettish, windy day when I visited the so-long-known house and park. Cock pheasants ducked in and out of trim rhododendron clumps, Neat gates opened into sacredly preserved vegetable gardens. The many-colored leaves of specimen trees pasted themselves stickily against sodden tent walls, and there was a mixture of circus smells from the horse vines and the faint civilized breath of chrysanthemums in the potting sheds. The main drive was being relayed with a foot of flint. The other approaches were churned and pitted under the gunwheels and heavy supply wagons. Great breadths of what had been well-kept turf between unbrowsed trees were blanks of slippery brown wetness, dotted with picketed horses and field kitchens. It was a crazy mixture of stark necessity and manicured luxury, all cheek by jowl, in the undiscriminating rain. Service Conditions the cookhouses, storerooms, forges, and workshops were collections of tilts, poles, rickcloths, and odd lumber, beavered together as on service. The officer's mess was a thin, soaked marquee. 
less than a hundred yards away were dozens of vacant well-furnished rooms in the big brick house of which the staff furtively occupied one corner there was accommodation for very many men in its stables and outhouses alone or the whole building might have been gutted and rearranged for barracks twice over in the last three months scattered among the tents were rows of half-built tin sheds the ready prepared lumber and the corrugated iron lying beside them waiting to be pieced together like children's toys but there were no workmen i was told that they had come that morning but had knocked off because it was wet i see and where are the batteries i demanded out at work of course they've been out since seven how shocking in this dreadful weather too they took some bread and cheese with them they'll be back about dinner time if you care to wait here's one of our field kitchens batteries look after their own stomachs and are not catered for by contractors the cookhouse was a wagon tilt the wood being damp smoked a good deal one thought of the wide adequate kitchen ranges and the concrete passages of the service quarters in the big house just behind one even dared to think teutonically of the perfectly good panelling and the thick hardwood floors that could service conditions you see said my guide as the cook inspected the baked meats and the men inside the wagon tilt grated the carrots and prepared the onions it was old work to them after all these months done swiftly with a clean economy of effort that camp life teaches what are these lads when they're at home i inquired londoners chiefly all sorts and conditions the cook in shirt sleeves made another investigation and sniffed judiciously he might have been cooking since the peninsula he looked at his watch and across towards the park gates he was responsible for one hundred and sixty rations and a battery has the habit of saying quite all that it thinks of its food how often do the batteries go out i continued about five days a week you see we're being worked up a little and have they got plenty of ground to work over oh yes what's the difficulty this time birds no but we got orders the other day not to go over a golf course that rather knocks the bottom out of tactical schemes perfect shamelessness like perfect virtue is impregnable and after all the lightnings of this war which have brought out so much resolve and self-sacrifice must show up equally certain souls and in institutions that are irredeemable the weather took off a little before noon the carpenters could have put in a good half day's work on the sheds and even if they had been rained upon they had roofs with fires awaiting their return the batteries had none of these things the gunner at home they came in at last far down the park heralded by that unmistakable half grumble half grunt of guns on the move the picketed horses heard it first and one of them neighed long and loud which proved that he had abandoned civilian habits horses and stables and mews seldom do more than snicker even when they are halves of separated pairs for these gentlemen had a corporate life of their own now and knew what pulling together means when a battery comes into camp it parks all six guns at the appointed place side by side in one mathematically straight line and the accuracy of the alignment is like ceremonial drill with a foot a fair test of its attainments the ground was no treat for parking 
specimen trees and draining ditches had to be avoided and circumvented the gunners the reins the horses the ground were equally wet and the slob dropped away like gruel from the brake shoes and they were londoners clerks mechanics shop assistants and delivery men anything and everything that you please but they were all home and at home in their saddles and seats they said nothing their officers said little enough to them they came in across what had once been turf wheeled with tight traces halted unhooked the wise teams stumped off to their pickets and behold the six guns were left precisely where they should have been left to the fraction of an inch you could see the wind blowing the last few drops of wet from each leather muzzle cover at exactly the same angle it was all old known evolutions taken unconsciously in the course of their day's work by men well abreast of it our men have one advantage said a voice as territorials they were introduced to unmade horses once a year at training so they'd never been accustomed to made horses and what did the horses say about it all i asked remembering what i had seen on the road in the early days they said a good deal at first but our chaps could make allowances for them they know now allah never intended the gunner to talk his own arm does that for him the batteries off-saddled in silence though one noticed on all sides little quiet caresses between man and beast affectionate nuzzlings and nose slappings surely the gunner's relation to his horse is more intimate even than the cavalryman's for a lost horse only turns cavalry into infantry but trouble in a gun team may mean death all around and this is the gunner's war the young wood officers said so joyously as they passed to and fro picking up scandal about breast straps and breechings examining the collars of ammunition wagon teams and listening to remarks on shoes local blacksmiths assisted by the battery itself do the shoeing there are master smiths and important farriers who have cheerfully thrown up good wages to help the game and the horses reward them by keeping fit a fair proportion of the horses are aged there was never a gunner yet satisfied with his team or his rations till he had left the battery but they do their work as steadfastly and wholeheartedly as the men i am persuaded the horses like being society and working out their daily problems of draft and direction the english and londoners particularly are the kindest and most reasonable of folk with animals if it were not our business strictly to underrate ourselves for the next few years one would say that the territorial batteries had already done wonders but perhaps it is better to let it all go with the grudging emission wrung out of a ringing wet bombardier well it isn't so damn bad considering i left them taking their dinner in mess tins to their tents with a strenuous afternoon's cleaning up ahead of them the big park held some thousands of men i had seen no more than a few hundreds and had missed the howitzer batteries after all a cock pheasant chaperoned me down the drive complaining loudly that where he used to walk with his ladies under the beech trees some unsporting people had built a miniature landscape with tiny villages churches and factories and came there daily to point cannon at it keep away from that place said i or you'll find yourself in a field kitchen not me he crowed i'm as sacred as golf courses mechanism and mechanics 
There was a little town a couple of miles down the road where one used to lunch in the old days, and had the hotel to oneself. Now there are six ever-changing officers in billet there, and the astonished houses quiver all day to traction engines and high-pile lorries. A unit of the Army Service Corps and some mechanical transport lived near the station, and fed the troops for twenty miles around. "'Are your people easy to find?' I asked of a wandering private, with the hands of a sweep, the head of a Christian among lions, and suicide in his eye. "'Well, the ASC are in the territorial drill hall, for one thing, and for another you're likely to hear us. There's some motors coming in from Bulford.' He snorted and passed on, smelling of petrol. The drill shed was peace and comfort. The ASC were getting ready there for payday and for a concert that evening. Outside in the wind and the occasional rain spurts, life was different. The Bulford Motors and some other crocks sat on a side road between what had been the local garage and a newly erected workshop of creaking scaffold poles and bellying slatting rick cloths where a forge glowed and general repairs were being effected beneath the motors men lay on their backs and called their friends to pass them spanners or for pity's sake to shove another sack under their mud-wreathed heads a corporal who had been nine years a fitter and seven in a city garage briefly and briskly outlined the more virulent diseases that develop in government rolling stock i heard quite a lot about Bulford. Hollow voices from beneath eviscerated gearboxes confirmed him. We withdrew to the shelter of the Rick Cloth workshop. That corporal, the sergeant who had been a carpenter with a business of his own, and incidentally had served through the Boer War, another sergeant who was a member of the Master Builders Association, and a private who had also been fitter, chauffeur, and a few other things. The third sergeant, who kept a poultry farm in Surrey, had some duty elsewhere. A man at a carpenter's bench was finishing a spoke for a newly painted cart. He squinted along it. That's funny, said the master builder. Of course, in his own business, he'd chuck his job sooner than do woodwork, but it's all funny. What I grudge, a sergeant struck in, is having to put mechanics to loading and unloading beef. That's where modified conscription for the beauties that won't roll up be useful to us. We want hewers of wood, we do, and I'd hew em. I want that file. This was a private in a hurry coming from beneath an unspeakable Bulford. Someone asked him musically if he would tell his wife in the morning who he was with tonight. You'll find it in the tool chest, said the sergeant. It was his own sacred tool chest which he had contributed to the common stock. And what sort of men have you got in this unit? I asked. Every sort you can think of. There isn't a thing you couldn't have made here if you wanted to. But the corporal, who had been a fitter, spoke with fervor. You can't expect us to make big ends, can you? That five-ton Bulford lorry out there in the wet, and she isn't the worst, said the master builder. But it's all part of the game. And so funny when you come to think of it. Me painting carts and certificate plumbers loading frozen beef what about the discipline i asked the corporal turned a fitter's eye on me the mechanism is the discipline said he with most profound truth jockeying a sick car on the road is discipline too what about the discipline 
he turned to the sergeant with the carpenter's chest there was one sergeant of regulars with twenty years service behind him and a knowledge of human nature he struck in you ought to know you've just been made corporal said the sergeant of regulars well there's so much which everybody knows has got to be done that that why we all turn in and do it quoth the corporal i don't have any trouble with my lot yes that's how the case stands said the sergeant of regulars come and see our stores they were beautifully arranged in a shed which felt like a monastery after the windy clashing world without and the young private who acted as checker he came from some railway office had the thin keen face of the cleric we're in billets in the town said the sergeant who had been a carpenter but i'm a married man i shouldn't care to have men billeted on us at home and i don't want to inconvenience other people so i've knocked up a bunk for myself on the premises it's handier to the stores too the humor of it we entered what had been the local garage the mechanical transport were in full procession tinkering the gizzards of more cars we discussed chewed up gears samples to hand and the civil population's old-time views of the military the corporal told a tale of a clergyman in a midland town who only a year ago on the occasion of some manoeuvres preached a sermon warning his flock to guard their womenfolk against the soldiers and when you think when you know said the corporal what life in those little towns really is he whistled see that old landau said he opening the door of an ancient wreck jammed against a wall that's two of our chaps dressing room they don't care to be bulleted so they sleep between the landau and the wall it's handier for their work too work comes in at all hours i wish i was cavalry there's some use in cursing a horse truly it's an awful thing to belong to a service where speech brings no alleviation you a private with calipers turned from the bench by the window you die outside of a garage but what you said about civilians and soldiers is all out of date now the sergeant of regulars permitted himself a small hidden smile the private with the calipers had been some twelve weeks a soldier i don't say it isn't said the corporal i'm saying what it used to be well the private screwed up the calipers didn't you feel a little bit that way yourself when you were a civilian i i don't think i did the corporal was taken aback i don't think i ever thought about it ah there you are said the private very dryly someone laughed in the shadow of the landau dressing-room anyhow we're all in it now private percy said a voice there must be a good many thousand conversations of this kind being held all over england nowadays our breed does not warble much about patriotism or fatherland but it has a wonderful sense of justice even when its own shortcomings are concerned we went over to the drill shed to see the men paid the first man i ran across there was a sergeant who had served in the mounted infantry in the south african picnic that we used to call a war he had been a private chauffeur for some years long enough to catch the professional look but was joyously reverting to service type again the men lined up were called out saluted emphatically at the pay table and fell back with their emoluments they smiled at each other and it's all so funny murmured the master builder in my ear about a quarter no less than a quarter of what one would be making on one's own 
fifty bob a week cottage and all found i was and only two cars to look after said a voice behind and if i'd been asked simply asked to lie down in the mud all the afternoon the speaker looked at his wages with awe someone wanted to know sotto voce if that was union rates and the grin spread among the uniformed experts the joke you will observe lay in situations thrown up businesses abandoned and pleasant prospects cut short at the nod of duty thank heaven said one of them at last it's too dark to work on these blessed bullfords any more to-day we'll get ready for the concert but it was not too dark half an hour later for my car to meet a big lorry storming back in the wind and the wet from the northern camps she gave me london allowance half an inch between hub and hub swung her corner like a brooklyn's professional changed gear for the uphill with a sweet click and charged away for aught i know she was driven by an ex fifty bob a week a cottage and all found her who next month might be dodging shells for her and thinking it all so funny horse foot even the guns may sometimes get a little rest but so long as men eat thrice a day there is no rest for the army service corps they carry the campaign on their all-sustaining backs end of chapter three guns and supply